This podcast is designed to shed light on those whose lives have been touched by housing vulnerability, whether through battling life after aging out of foster care, sudden job loss, insurmountable medical bills, addictions, fighting governmental or agency bureaucracy, and the myriad of other reasons that can separate a family or individual from secure housing, this podcast seeks to shed light on what is too often obscured in the mainstream. These are the frank, poignant, moving discussions that make up my podcast. So welcome to Let's Talk. Today I speak with published author LaShawn Courtright. Her first book of poetry entitled The Fold, a collection of poetry, was published in 2019. In this discussion, LaShawn reveals when her love of writing first began, her affiliation with the Street Paper Association and the Ground Cover News of Ann Arbor, Michigan. We discuss how her children were taken away from her and placed in foster care, her struggle through mental illness, and how writing has sustained her through it all. We start our discussion with the Ground Cover News, the street paper of Ann Arbor, Michigan, for which she is a well-known contributor. With Ground Cover News, I started July 2011, and I was awarded a scholarship to attend the awards ceremony for 2011 for the North American Street Newspaper Association. At that time, Tasha French was the president of NASNA and the founder. I met her and I also um, met Lee Stringer, the author of um, Grand Central Winter Stories from the Street. I have an autographed copy of his book. Even though LaShawn has written for the ground cover new street paper in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and has recently published her first book of poetry, in our discussion, she told me that her love of writing actually began during her youth. I've always liked to read and write from a young age, since I can remember holding a pencil in my hand. Hmm. But I was I became very passionate about writing at around age 10, where I began to journal, just write poetry, write my own little short stories. A lot of that, you know, you lose a lot of things like that. <laughs> Of course. But um, I did retain a lot of my writings as far back as from 2000, 1990-something maybe. And as far as I can remember, like 1998, I still have some more poems, poetry that I want to publish, another book of poetry. My first, my current book is The Fold. A collection of poetry. Before we actually got into LaShawn's current publication, she shared with me her struggles with the foster care system and how it wreaked havoc on her life and the lives of her children. I feel like I was failed. I see a lot of people, I'm not making myself exempt because I have had some repeated behaviors that have cost me um some consequences, but my children suffered having to experience the foster care system. My two sons um, were abused for 12 years 
these individuals took my children down south. They abused them. They um, starved my one of my sons. Um, it's almost like I could feel what was going on. I knew that something was going on when they were a part of the children's family service with this homes for black children. I would tell them that my children didn't appear healthy. There was something wrong. My children were never like this. They just didn't behave the same. They were different. There was something different. My son would run away. My oldest child would run away. There just was a lot. Um, and then when I would mention it, they would threaten me with non-compliance. They could say that I was non-compliant and terminate my parental rights. The attorney I had, the public, whatever he was, I don't even remember. That's how naive I was about um, this sort of system and practice. So not to go too deep into it, um, my children were injured. They suffered great injury at mental, psychological, physical abuse, literal torture. For 12 years, my two sons, one of my daughters did not. She actually had a good upbringing, but the lady changed her name. Her name's Claricia, but the lady changed her name at three years old and told me that my baby told her at three years old that, as I understand that my baby told her that she wanted her name changed at three, not just her first, her last name, but her whole entire name. Not only were my children taken, but their their identities were were also taken. Once they take your children, it's hard to get your children back. My son, I've been trying to find. I got a letter from the adoption agency at registry um, services after two years apologizing that they're just not getting to my letter. And so I'm, at this point, I want to seek out someone from a talk show that would be willing to help me find my, my youngest son, Clarence. LaShawn further revealed in our discussion that she only discovered later in life her undiagnosed mental health issues and marvels that she had the strength to get through and manage life in spite of those emotional and psychological barriers. I was having some things that were going on as far as my mental health because I didn't know until I was I believe 46 years old that I suffered from mental illness so I actually I believe in my mind as I've had some therapy and been involved in the mental health therapeutic environment and I also have a certificate in NAMI with the National Alliance on Mental Illness Participation um, Certificate in mm -hmm. um, an awareness um, sort of setting of being aware of how mental illness um, affects people individually in the community at large and in our personal lives, how it impacts our lives just in different ways but you know we have our unique set of um symptoms that we deal with so 
after the revelation of these findings, I would think in my mind that I must be a tremendous survivor to have be able to um, still navigate some obstacles with mental illness, not knowing it. And, but I did have a downside to that, which usually as, as most people know, um, people who have that sort of dual diagnosis thing where, you know, you may, some people drink, some people smoke cigarettes, coffee, whatever it is. So that interfered and overlapped into my family life to a degree where as I don't want to get into the specifics because that's something that I'll be writing about in my autobiography, which I'm working on currently trying to get that Great. into um, a manuscript form. Looking forward to that. Yes, me too, yeah. indeed. Now we discuss LaShawn's publication, The Fold, a collection of poetry. Even though she had recently struggled through extreme housing instability, she garnered enough funds on her own to have her book published. In this next segment, she talks with me about that process. Um, I, I kept speaking with um, Diana, I'll just call her Diana at, at Page Publishing. And she works as a literary developer and um, very encouraging lady. She um, kept contacting me and I would contact her back and then I would be a little reluctant and then finally she convinced me to send my works to her and they were reviewed by the review board at Page Publishing Selected. <clears throat> I believe she acknowledged that out of all the materials that they had reviewed that day that mine was the only one that they chose to do a publication with and that made me very proud and it was a surreal moment. It was just like a dream come true and my dream came true when I found out that my book was gonna be published and it would be listed in the Library of Congress and, and, and noticed throughout of the United States and recognized and I would be recognized as an author. So that was an accomplishment that I'm proud of. I wanted to know what the title, The Fold, A Collection of Poetry, means. Actually, my publication team came up with this title. And what The Fold is, is to me, more symbolic as far as this work, this book of poetry. It is... Um, it is reflective of a lot of things that were lost or compromised in my past. Now I'm regaining some things back and some things are being rebuilt and some things are new findings and new discoveries in my life, new experiences. I should add that due to scheduling conflicts, our discussion took place during an early morning when neither of our voices were quite awake, but LaShawn graciously agreed to read her poem, The Outsider, just the same. I just hope that people get the outsider <clears throat> that I'm saying. 
but I'll just read it and let everyone or recite it and let everyone uh, kind of, you know, take it in, chew on it. Now LaShawn Courtright reading the selection Outsider from her current book of poetry, The Fold, a collection of poetry. I'm an outsider because everything I do is on the outside. Just like when I think it's on the outside. Even if I drink, I'm on the brink of the outside. When I tell people what's on my mind, it's on the outside. My life, I have lived it on the outside. My goals and dreams linger on the outside. Even my writings on the outside. More so, my poetry speaks to the outside. My destiny is on the outside of what some people thought it would be. I'm so outside my mind that that's where I'm free. Outside of you only, from the inside to the outside. That's what makes me me. Outsiders are not conformist and constrained by society. I live the outsider liberty outside. Thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. Thank you. This is where our discussion takes a different turn, a little unexpected by me. When LaShawn mentioned a poem that I had written based on her poem, Outsider. During this part of our early morning discussion, again, our voice is not quite awake. LaShawn reminds me of the poem that I wrote, which gave me the rare opportunity to share the inspiration behind my writing sort of a response poem to Outsider. You wrote an outsider too. My whole thing up until that point is that I had often felt like an outsider as well. Um, outside in terms of, you know, being the only female sibling, um, yes. you know, having to um, encounter, actually being smart sometimes kind of puts you on the outside. The year before I got evicted, I had just put everything together, doing everything perfect thinking that at once I was sort of, to use the contradiction of that word, um, inside. Yes. I thought I was there. And, um, you know, um, and, and within that experience, where I thought everything was, was perfect, that was the context in which I got evicted. So mm-hmm. I was literally on the outside, you yeah. know, and that poem just inspired me. Again, due to scheduling conflicts, our interview took place early in the morning and uh, neither of our voices were quite awake, but we continued. It's early. Our voices mm-hmm. are both froggy, but I think people are getting <laughs> I think they're hearing us. So I'm going to ask you, what is this, the sales rate? What has the sales success been with your Oh, well, I'll just say this much on that. I haven't made enough to get a royalties check yet, but I'm grateful for what sales um, that I'm able to make with the support of um, people within the community when I have books available who are more than accepting of my work and appreciative of the arts of poetry and writing. 
even though LaShawn says her sales have been slow thus far, she remains grateful and honored for what she has received. I'm just honored that whatever, if I could write something, just anything or say something that can touch somebody's life to, to give healing, yeah, that is so rewarding. Yeah. Monetary things help, but it is more rewarding to um, know that something I can say or to do or to write that can help change somebody's life. And then LaShawn shared an incident with me that exemplifies how she feels rewarded in many other ways. actually had a lady come back. She was very sad and sitting at the bus stop one evening. She was going through a um, foster care situation. And she came back to me when I saw her. I think it was maybe five or six months later. She pulled up to me. Hey, hey, you remember me? She was driving a cab. I can't recall her name right now, but I remember her. I remember her face if I see her. And she came up to me. She said, you helped me save me from, from taking my children. Thank you so much. And that meant so much more to me than her coming up and giving me a $100 bill. Is that I saved somebody's family from being broken up. Because um, the results when the children are broken up are more profound and devastating. There's no stability usually. The children go from home to home. Before closing the podcast, I would like to play for you a section of LaShawn reading part of the summary from her book. This collection of poetry speaks to a very common theme of real human experiences, and they are just a small part of mine. I expressed how I felt like an outsider, then realized it's not always bad to be unusual. Me and my children suffered the utmost tragedy of being separated over my naivety and the intentional betrayal of a neighbor I considered a friend. Our circumstances are not who we are. They are not a direct reflection of our whole being. For anyone who has had to experience incarceration for any amount of time, can understand where I'm coming from in two of these poems. These writings are a liberation of all the labels, assumptions, and character assassinations. Of course, you'll have to get the book to hear the complete summary. LaShawn encourages listeners to pick up a copy and share us where it can be found. And I encourage you to buy my book. It's available on Amazon, um, Google Play, um, Apple iTunes and Barnes and Noble books online, Kindle book. You can look me up. Again, the book is entitled The Fold, a collection of poetry by LaShawn Courtright. This ends the first published podcast of Let's Talk. If you'd like to hear more discussions related to housing vulnerability, I encourage you to follow and select the Get Notified option to receive alerts for new episodes. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. You can email me at litstalkpodcast at gmail.com for comments or suggestions. Until next time, take care.